Hey, what's up, everybody? It is another episode of the Snipe and Selly podcast, FTF Media's guide to anything and everything happening on the ice. I'm your host, Mark, and I am joined once again by my awesome line mates. We are skating shorthanded tonight, but I do have Haley and Mike with me. How's everyone doing this week? Been a long week at work. Uh, I should say long year. They just keep adding duties on top of duties that I already have and have expressed that we have enough and need more people. But hopefully, fingers crossed, we'll get more people at the end of this year. Just got to get through a little bit of a rough patch to get there. I hear you, Hales. It, uh, there's never enough helping hands. Mike, how about yourself? Pretty same. You know, it's been a, a very, very busy week for me. I'm getting into the the swing of my new responsibilities at work. Um, just a different type of caseload, a lot of uh, learning on the go. And it is my boss's last week, and he is the best boss that I've ever had. So I'm sad that he'll be leaving, but we just found out that his assistant supervisor is going to be our new boss, and she is also fantastic. So um, at least we get to keep our same core group at work, and, and hopefully not too much will change. Oh, that's perfect. Nothing worse than, than the unknown when you have an awesome boss leaving and then you kind of have the uh, the promotion of someone who you know is going to do a good job. It's just like such so reassuring. I love that. Awesome. Uh, so stay tuned over the next hour or so to hear our thoughts on what's been going on around the National Hockey League and the hockey world as a whole since the last time we all got together. And so without further delay, let's drop the puck for our opening face-off. And for our opening face-off, yeah, it's been a while since we we all got together um you know there's been conflicts and people uh you know just bu busy schedules uh, all around so cool that we're getting back uh back on, on onto the pod here hales i want to start with you first you have an opening face off as we kick off this episode yeah i mean i sent you guys uh, a photo of it in the group chat but i just wanted to bring up you know the fact that we had i believe her name was natalie spooner for Team Canada, who had a, a baby and then was back with the team three months later. I mean, that to me, it just shows such incredible strength, especially in a game like hockey where it's contact and all kinds of stuff going on. Just you got to love women. I mean, to give birth and immediately be back it just shows how much she loves the game, too. And I feel like it also shows, you know, women who are wanting to play hockey, wanting to be moms, it shows them it's possible, you know, to do it all. So I just loved reading that. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. So Natalie Spooner is indeed back with team Canada and uh, yeah, it, literally just three months ago she gave birth. So uh, imagine, you know, going through childbirth and then getting back in hockey shape, professional international competition, hockey shape right away. Uh, so shout out to Natalie Spooner. That's incredible. Uh, so that that's, that's really, really cool. And like Hale said, women are incredible. Women are amazing. Uh, and especially uh, our women hockey players. So uh, yeah, that, shout out to Natalie Spooner. That was really cool. Mike, how about yourself? Do you have an opening face off as we kick off this episode? Yeah. I want to comment on that real quick. Cause I think that that was so awesome. And I just, um, you know, we've had, international women's month and all of th those things and just you know giving a little bit of a shout out um to natalie spooner and it, it i was talking about work in my opening face off or in my uh intro i had a colleague come back from her maternity leave this week as well which is going to take some um you know some of the weight off of us who have been a little under overwhelmed um but she also i just this friend of mine did a full jury trial at eight and a half months pregnant and gave birth like a week later um so again yeah women are completely awesome um i also just for my for my own opening face off i'm gonna jekyll and hide a little bit here i am never one to you know sound the alarm on the boston bruins too early and i'm not doing that so people you need to chill everybody goes through some some down swings but on the other side my hide part is this team is way too um, talented for their power play to be this bad. So at the same time, get it together. Yeah, uh, I think you summed it up great there, Mike. Uh, there's really no reason to 
worry too much about the Bruins. Like just around the the All Star break, I think they lost four out of five, and everyone was saying, "Oh, did they peak too soon?" Which is the just the the perfect sports radio diatribe that uh, that that you know the people who are on uh, on you know, the sports hub and WEI will always go through and people repeat it. It's, it's ridiculous. Then they fired off 10 straight wins and you were, were reminded that, Hey, this team is actually still really, really good. And now they've gone through a little bit of a, a, a skid again. They've lost three of four. Uh, they played, they had played at that time, four games in six days because the NHL schedule makers are ridiculous. And I would like to fist fight them. Uh, so yeah, at the end of the day, they'll, they will be fine. But th- yeah, this power play, considering the amount of, incredible playmakers they have on on on, uh, on the ice on these power plays it really is a concern they got to get that buttoned up although my silver lining is the last time the Bruins went into the playoffs with a power play this putrid they won the Stanley Cup uh, if anyone remembers the 2011 Bruins had quite possibly the worst power play I've ever seen uh, and they acquired Thomas Coberley at the trade deadline to improve that power play and it, he was that was like the worst trade of all time he was so horrible and they won in spite of that uh, that deal and it, in spite of that awful power play so uh, i'm always the the optimist and uh i'm a silver lining guy so that's what i'll say on that end uh, as for myself uh, my opening face off listen i'm not going to i i'm not someone who loves to pat myself on the back and i'm not going to pat myself on the back but i will uh, brag about something I was involved in. And one of the reasons why we were not able to record recently is because I was thoroughly unavailable because I was coaching in the state playoffs for uh, 10U. So, t- you know, nine and 10 year old uh, youth hockey. I've mentioned on this show before that I was coaching this year. My team happened to win states. So, uh, the very best 10U team in the entire state of Massachusetts is coached by yours truly, but it had very little to do with me and everything to do with these incredible kids. Uh, I just saw such jubilation on their faces. It reminded me exactly why I wanted to get into this, to just uh, promote this incredible, uh, cohesive, nurturing environment, positive environment for children, and seeing the the looks of joy on their faces, skating around the rink with their banner. It was unreal. So uh, I, I am just so proud of those kids. So shout out to um, my, uh, my squirt, team uh from uh, from framingham youth hockey uh just incredible incredible year that they have had and it's been so gratifying to be their coach so uh, again not a pat on my pat myself on the back kind of, kind of guy but i will brag about these kids because they're incredible and uh i just have uh, loved coaching them i'm very sad that it's coming to an end soon these next couple of weeks so I'd like to get our show kicked off. I'd like to head over to Mike actually and see what uh, what topic he had picked out for us tonight to discuss because there's been a lot that has happened again since we last got together. It's been about three weeks since we were able to record. So Mike, what do you have for us this evening? So I, I wanted to talk about this and, and a second one came up. I was able to, you know, one of my least favorite things in this time of the season, we always, I always talk about some of my favorite parts of the season, like from, uh, the winter classic until the trade deadline or, or, you know, obviously the playoffs, but post um, trade deadline pre playoffs, when you start getting teams that are making a run and then they lose big stars, this is my least favorite part of hockey. So within the last week and a half or so um, the Minnesota wild lost Kirill Kaprizov for, I think he's going to be out like three to four weeks with a lower body injury. Uh, just sort of got folded up real weird in a game. You see injuries like that, and it's just um, it's tough to watch. And then uh, for Carolina, another team that is absolutely gunning for one of those top spots in the playoffs, um, losing Andrei Svechnikov for the rest of the season, I uh, believe with a, with a knee injury, he's going to be out. It's just one of those things you hate to see. Um, you know, obviously, we're not rooting for, or at least no one on this show is rooting for the the Hurricanes or the Wild to, to hoist the cup, but guys having great seasons. Um, Kaprizov was on an unbelievable pace. Um, and just to see that happen right before the playoffs, I know that he is likely to be back, Kaprizov that is, but obviously Svechnikov won't. So it's just it's a tough time of year. It really is. It really is. And that was definitely a gut punch for Carolina. You could see that like the, the collective mood with their team when they were uh, having Shveknikov go for a uh, second opinion on his knee, never good. Um, and, uh, and, and so he's such a, a critical player for them. And 
considering Carolina didn't do that much at the trade deadline, which was kind of surprising to a lot of people. They had a lot of cap space to work with. Uh, they they didn't end up doing too much. Uh, they went and got uh, Jesse Pugliarvi from um, uh, from Edmonton, and uh, and and that was really the only forward help they got. Uh, people thought that they might be in on some of the bigger names in the trade market, and then they didn't end up doing that. To the, to then lose an impact forward after also losing an impact forward um, in um, I'm sorry they they lost a player to injury earlier this season. And now it's escaping me. Um, but, uh, and that's why they had, uh, so much cap space. I can't believe I'm forgetting his name, but, um, it's, uh, it, it's just, uh, it's a real gut punch and you hate to see teams go through uh, that kind, uh, kind of, uh, that kind of adversity right before the playoffs. But, you know, that's, that's also how champions are made. So, you know, playoffs, uh, playoff hockey is going to have injuries as well. So, uh, it, it really is tough to see, but I, I, I really am, uh, it's a definite gut punch for Carolina. And you know Kaprizov is 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 going to be back for Minnesota. Minnesota is actually in the middle of like a massive point streak too. So despite that loss, they're actually playing some of their best hockey at the moment. So yeah, it's about which teams can really persevere. Uh, so we'll have to see uh, you know what happens there. Uh, Hales it, again though, it's it's a huge gut punch to have uh, you know a team that's humming, especially like Carolina or some of these other teams lose some of their critical players as we you know are a little less than a month away from the playoffs starting. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and like Mike was saying, you don't want to see anybody get injured. You want to play the best of the best. You want to say that your team beat the best that they could be. I mean, nobody, you know, nobody's going to be mad if you hoist the, your team hoists the cup, right? Even if they, it was a cakewalk to it. But at the same time, you're like, I, you don't want people over here. Well, it was just a COVID cup or whatever people were saying the previous two years, you know, we're making fun of Tampa for the cap space and all that and it's just it's frustrating when it happens to your team and you don't really think about it when you look at other teams so much but it happens every year and it just sucks I mean it sucks for those players and those players families to get so close and not necessarily be involved on the ice but hopefully they can be involved you know in the locker room and with the team separately and still kind of be like a leader and you know a voice of reason for the team to help them out when it comes to the playoffs nobody has too small of a role right on that team when it comes to if you're injured you can still be there it's just not on the ice and that I just feel like that's so heartbreaking for these players absolutely and um I again don't know why I had the brain fart earlier but I was referring to Max Pacioretty um who uh had come back from an Achilles injury uh, for Carolina. It was a, a big offseason addition for them. And then uh, after only a handful of games, he got hurt again uh, and is going to miss the rest of the season. That's why Carolina had the type of cap space uh, that they had. And then people were surprised they really didn't do much with it. Uh, so, yeah, uh, you know, missing Shveknikov now is going to be a big gut punch for them. And like you said, it, it, you hate to see injuries. You're never rooting for injuries. That being said, if you're a team that has to draw Carolina in the first round, which could be the Devils, uh, you know. Could be a wild card team. Could be the Rangers. Uh, that that uh, that Metropolitan Division is uh, very competitive right now. The Devils might still win that division uh, over Carolina. So Carolina might be in a matchup with the Rangers. Who, conversely, the Rangers have loaded up uh, at this trade deadline uh, with you know their their latest addition being Patrick Kane. Um, it's been a little hit or miss so far with uh, with Kane uh, in New York. Uh, he's not quite showing the same burst that he was uh, his last few games in Chicago uh, as kind of an audition to actually make uh, show teams he was healthy enough to to trade for. Um, but we'll have to see what happens there. So uh, it, it's it's definitely it's definitely a real gut punch. That's probably the only way I can uh, sum it up when you lose such a critical player before the playoffs. And and you know Boston has seen. Injuries of Taylor Hall and Nick Felino, but uh, it's already reported that Taylor Hall might be coming back before the end of the season. So, uh, you know, a team like Boston actually is going to wind up getting, they're going to wind up strangely benefiting because Taylor Hall goes down. They decide, okay, let's pick up Tyler Bertuzzi uh, at the trade deadline, to take that spot. And suddenly that's a luxury as opposed to a necessity for Boston. So uh, it's definitely. Uh, it's definitely a, uh, a real raw deal for Carolina. Um, less so, again, for Minnesota because they are definitely going to get Kaprizov back. But, yeah, you hope that teams can stay healthy uh, heading into the postseason because it, it's just – as fans, too, you love to just see teams at, the, at their at their 
peak strength. So uh, it, it sucks that we're not going to see Carolina like that. Hales, about yourself, what uh, topic did you have for us this evening? Well, I, of course, have to bring up the Boston Pride, clinching the first seed, just playing amazing. And they're actually playing right now, and they're down by one. So I need all of our Boston fans listening. I mean, you're going to be listening after the game, so hopefully they won. But just I'm going to imagine that you're listening right now, and everybody's crossing their fingers and cheering them on so that these girls can come back and, and take this first game. I'm so excited that the Isabel Cup playoffs are here. I'm ready to just be nonstop women's hockey for a little bit, at least in my apartment. But hopefully getting to watch Boston Pride hoist that cup once again. Just everybody, please just think about them right now. Yeah, so as Haley said, retroactively, you're going to think about the Boston Pride uh, because this episode is going to drop after their game has ended. Um, we're going to assume that they're they're going to come back and win their game against Minnesota. Um, but uh, yeah, just give give some some positive energy to all the teams taking part in the Isabel Cup playoffs. Um, I know that the, the Pride had a little contest on social media the other day. Neither Haley nor I won. Um, I don't uh, Haley, were you, would you have made the trip from the Texas to Boston to go to the game? <laughs> Absolutely. If they would have given me free tickets, I would have found a way to get to that game. Love that. Uh, yeah. Unfortunately, neither of us won another time. Uh, we'll, we'll, we definitely have to get Haley to a pride game uh, at uh, at some point here. But it, it really has been a fantastic season, uh, again, in the PHF. And the way the standings ended up shaking out, uh, Boston ended up getting that one seed, uh, finished up with a record of 19-4-1 for 54 points. Followed by the Toronto Six, they finished up seventeen five and two for fifty one points, um, and then you had uh, the Connecticut Whale, uh, more of a distant third. Uh, you know, Minnesota fourth, uh, the Riveters fifth, Montreal fourth, and their first season in existence were sixth. Then you have uh, Buffalo bringing up the rear because even if the Sabers are resurgent in the NHL, you have to have a Buffalo team bringing up the rear in some sort of hockey league. That's just the rule. Uh, so you know, Buffalo has to be in last place somewhere. Uh, so PHF playoffs going on right now. It's going to be really cool to see the Isabel cup awarded, uh, again here. Um, you know, hopefully the, the, the pride can pull it off, but there are some fantastic teams. Again, the, the Toronto six, very capable of pulling it off, or maybe it's, uh, an underdog team, you know, may, maybe Connecticut gets it done. Maybe Minnesota gets it done again. They're as we're recording up one, nothing on Boston. Uh, you know, Boston could end up winning that game like five to one. We'll, we'll have to see what happens. Uh, but uh, it, it really has been a great year again for the PHF. They continue to have great viewership. Uh, the Pride game right now, uh, you know, again, we're recording as it's being played. Uh, so it, it's after the fact. But, you know, lo- people who live in Massachusetts can actually watch that game on Nesson Plus, which is really cool. Um, but uh, in general, the PHF has been broadcast on ESPN Plus this year. It, it really has been a fantastic year for viewership. Uh, and hopefully that league continues to expand. Mike, uh, any thoughts on uh, the way the PHF season wrapped up uh the the isabel cup playoffs in general have any predictions you know what are your thoughts what an amazing season this was i had so much fun following it this year uh i've said this before and i'll say it again and uh, this time i'll specify it to uh ronja mogren from minnesota you score on corinne schroeder keep the puck because it's not going to happen again my little paraphrase from uh the movie miracle there but I, I, I think what Mark just said is what's going to happen. I, I, I have faith that this Pride team is going to come back and win this game, something like 4-5-1, uh, and then win again to, uh, to move on to the finals. This team is just such a wagon. It's, it's unreal. I mean, Toronto is also right there. Uh, I think they were like, I don't know if you just said it, Mark, like a point or two apart uh, at the top of the standing. So, obviously, those are two powerhouses of the league. But, I mean, playoff teams like Minnesota, like, what do we always say in any level of hockey, right? If you get yourself a hot goaltender, you can um, you can win. You can t- take it all the way. And Amanda Levelier, I don't know how to say her name, Levelier, um is an outstanding, outstanding goaltender. Uh, and, you know, she could sit there and she could make 50 stops a night against this Boston Pride team, against her old teammate, Allie Thunstrom. And, and, you know, score the upset. So while I have faith in, you know, the best team in the world to, to you know, put, to get themselves past Minnesota and then beat Toronto in the, in the championship, you never know. 
it is wide open, uh, and especially in short series is like, like the PHF has. So my bet is um, Boston and Toronto and then Boston winning the cup. But I'd be lying if I didn't say I was a little bit more nervous than I was when I made that same prediction before the season started. Well, just in the time that you started speaking, Mike, uh, Minnesota uh, scored a shorthanded goal to go up 2 nothing. The Pride then uh, rebound with a goal of their own on the power play. So uh, Minnesota still up by a goal, but it's now yeah two to one. Uh, so yeah, just a, a lot of goals happening early in uh, in this uh, in this game. So we'll have to see how it shakes out. Again, uh, the beauty of podcasting is we're talking about things that will have been long since over by the time uh, you're all listening to it. But uh, I just think uh, again, it's been a really fantastic season uh, over in the PHF. I uh, love to, to see how exactly. Season wraps up. Will the Isabel Cup be brought home by the Pride yet again? Will there be a first-time uh, winner of the Isabel Cup? We'll have to see what happens. So, um, yeah, Becca Gilmore with the uh, the response goal for the Pride there. So, hopefully, that gets something going uh, for for the Pride. Um, but as for uh, myself, uh, I wanted to bring up a, a particular topic. I actually had two topics that I wanted to discuss uh, tonight. Um, the first of which is. There was an incident the other night um, involving, so recently, the uh, general manager, Chuck Fletcher, for the Philadelphia Flyers um, was uh, was let go, um, longtime uh, general manager. Welcome news for a lot of Flyers fans um, that uh, that definitely was, um, uh, he, he had not been achieving very good results as of, as of late, especially uh, a lot of people thought that he was a little past his prime in that role. And hired on an interim basis in his place was a Flyers legend, Daniel Briere. Um, recently, Daniel Briere's son uh, was involved in a uh, something that was recorded at a bar. And it, it's just, it's despicable. It's despicable. Uh, so Daniel Briere's son, Carson Briere, was caught on camera over the weekend taking a, uh, a woman's wheelchair and rolling it down uh, down the stairs at this bar so th th this was a, a you know two level bar um and i i believe the woman uh, uh was assisted out of the wheelchair to use the use the restroom um and you you see Carson Briere on camera rolling uh this wheelchair down the stairs and apparently it, when it got to the bottom it uh, it was heavily damaged it may have been in multiple pieces um and so it's just so ridiculous. And, and Carson Breer uh, is a hockey player at Mercyhurst University in Erie, Pennsylvania. Um, so uh, he sits in, in the wheelchair, he stands up and then just shoves it down the stairs um, and uh, and then, you know, goes back onto, onto the dance floor. Uh, again, nothing you do in the year 2023, especially, uh, is there's going to be cameras around. Uh, and so I'm not even saying this uh, like, hey, it's okay to act uh, like an asshole when uh, you know cameras aren't around. How in this again in the year 2023? How are we still behaving like animals? And Mercyhurst University has basically just kind of uh, come out and said, "Oh yeah, uh, you know, Carson Briere is very sorry. Uh, you know, we'll we'll look into us. Nothing's going to be done here. This guy will, uh, they might suspend him for like a, a week or two. He's going to wind up back on the ice soon enough. To, don't you, uh, you know, just, just you watch. I cannot believe this is happening. Also for Daniel Briere, what a way to start your tenure as general manager. You're getting, uh, you know, questions about, uh, about your son acting like an asshole at a, at a bar over the weekend. I, I like a couple weeks into the, into the job, like a week into the job. This is ridiculous. So I, I cannot believe that that stuff like this is happening. It's just once again just a an example of the entitlement that uh, that that stems from hockey culture. Uh, we've talked about it so many times. I mean, imagine being this entitled and uh, and just thinking that it's okay to just shove someone's wheelchair down the stairs. Like it's there for a reason. Don't you think someone's going to need it when they get back from wherever they are? I I I am just I'm so blown away. I don't care how many drinks you have. It, like, what goes through your head that you think it's okay to just throw it down the stairs? I, I, I was, 
I saw this video and I, my, my blood was boiling, um, especially when, you know, you, you know, uh, you know, people who, uh, who you need wheelchairs uh, on, on a daily basis, you're, you're thinking of, you know, what, what if it was them? Like, I'm just, my, my blood was boiling thinking about this. Uh, Mike Haley, I want to just know if either of you saw this video, what did you think of, uh, of, you know, how that situation has been handled? Cause again, it, it just looks like this is going to be swept under the rug. Like most incidents, Mike, uh, you know, did you happen to see this video? I did. And you said at one point in your very good recitation about like, don't you think that person's going to need it when they get back? It's there for a reason. And my first thought when I saw it and still to this, to this moment is, and I've heard it said before, the cruelty is the point, you know, it's like, this wasn't just someone doing something mindless. This was someone doing something because they're a dick, you know? And I, you know, I, I'm a criminal defense attorney by trade. You know, I believe in second chances. I believe in you're not, you're not the worst thing that you did that you've ever done. But at the same time, like you have to call out bad actions when they are active. And that's what this is. And like, let's not forget that Carson Briere is only playing for Mercy Hurst college because he was kicked off the team at Arizona state uh, for, you know, actions that were detrimental to the team or some, uh, you know, some behavioral issues. So this is a guy who just, he grew up, you know, talented and rich and famous, and he's never had to deal with consequences. And when he dealt with consequences at Arizona state, well, there was another team that was like, Oh, well, he's, he's, um, he's talented enough. Let him come play here. Let him play at Mercyhurst. And now, like you said, the, the team, the athletic program said, they were going to be placed on some leave while they do a, an investigation, but exactly that they're going to get a slap on the wrist. They're going to be back on out on the ice and nothing will fundamentally change. He'll, you know, his dad will teach him some PR moves and he'll do something that makes people think that he's, he's grown. <clears throat> but speaking to the issue itself, I mean, I know a lot of people who have to deal with, um, you know, living in wheelchairs or um, having other aids for their mobility and to destroy someone's property like that. It's not the same thing as, you know, just breaking someone's stuff like that is such an important piece of equipment for that person. It's like, you know, Mark, you said your blood boiled, like my stomach dropped just like it, it was one of those things where it was like, I'm just sick for that person um, having to deal with that. And I'm, I'm very glad that uh, the communities have seemed to rally around her. Uh, I know that there was a GoFundMe for a replacement of the chair and things like that, but it just nobody should have to deal with that. And certainly not um, certainly not people who are already struggling. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think, again, when you have never had to deal with, uh, you know, with, you know, being disabled, you don't understand a wheelchair, even the most basic wheelchair can cost at least $12,000, uh, if not more. So, you know, an apology like like they uh, like uh, this young woman received, <laughs> that's nothing. An apology doesn't mean jack shit. Like she has to, and, and like you pointed out, Mike. Luckily, there have been uh, an outpouring of support. There's been a GoFundMe. Uh, you know, she's going to get a new wheelchair. Uh, you know, people have been very generous to donate to that cause. Uh, so she's she's going to be able to to get a hopefully a fantastic replacement chair. But the fact that she had to worry, uh, God forbid, this wasn't caught on video. She would have had to front thousands of dollars for a replacement chair uh or or you know depend on someone to be uh to, to you know be kind and, and and generous and assist uh like there was a period where she was wondering how am i gonna possibly afford this all because someone decides uh to, to be an asshole and i'm glad you brought up uh the dismissal from arizona state because uh, i i forgot to bring that up yeah that, that's the reason why uh why carson briere's at uh you know not a, a major hockey school because he, he was already dismissed from a major hockey school and that Arizona state program is very highly funded. Obviously we know that the, the coyotes play there uh, that uh, mullet arena currently, but uh, so 
it's absolutely ridiculous uh, that that this happened. And uh, you know, you made some great points on this as well, Mike. Haley, did you have a chance to see this video? Uh, and even if you didn't, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory. Again, uh, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on on this incident? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad I didn't see it because I I don't really want to watch somebody be that inconsiderate to another human being's feelings and just to be that stupid. Honestly, you see a wheelchair. Why in the world would you think it's appropriate to throw it down a flight of stairs in any world? And like you said, the cost of it, I mean, alone. And obviously, I don't have a disability that affects my mobility or anything like that. The diabetes supplies that I do buy, they cost a lot of money. If somebody just decided to walk by and like rip my sensor off my arm, it's not super easy to just go pick up another one the next day. So I just... I think people need to be more mindful. You know, we say it all the time about walking in other people's shoes and stuff like quotes like that. But, you know, it's a pattern of behavior with this kid and obviously deserves more than a slap on the wrist. The family should be paying for a new wheelchair. The GoFundMe should just go to her for whatever she wants to do with it. She shouldn't have to pay for a new wheelchair out of her pocket. There should be consequences for those actions. That's not a slap on the wrist type of behavior. Like, you keep saying, you know, oh, hockey's for everyone, and, you know, things get better, and then you see videos like this. And, you know, I guess sorry to his dad that he has to keep getting asked about it in interviews, but uh, as a dad, you should still be holding him accountable. You should be answering those questions in a way that, that doesn't condone those actions. And you should be offering to pay for that wheelchair. So the fact that he works for the flyers just makes me kind of disgusted at this point and i just not happy with the team in general but you know it just it baffles me that we in this year 2023 would see something like that and something harsher wouldn't be done i'm sorry but he shouldn't be back on the ice for his team yeah very well said haley uh and yeah it, it's just it it really is uh and and I think that's one of the best points. Why didn't Daniel Briere right away just be like, hey, you know what? We're going to cover the cost of a brand new wheelchair. Uh, we are are so sorry. Uh, I mean, listen, uh, if your, your kid screws up like this, uh, you know, make make him work to pay, to pay you back. But, like, you know, you have the means uh, to, to, you know, compensate this uh, this young woman for what your son did. You should have done it right away. So I think it's a great point, Haley. Um, yeah, that, that, that's I didn't even think of that. Uh, you know, really good point. So yeah, it's it's just unfortunate. Um, and uh, it's just yet again a reminder that people like Carson Briere uh, are going to continue to get uh, you know third, fourth, fifth chances if if, if he's good enough uh, and if he can help an NHL team uh, somewhere down the line, uh, he'll get chances again because uh, you know because of his talent. And it's just it it really is sickening. On a lighter note, uh, again, since we started this new topic, uh, the Boston Pride have tied up uh, their game 2-2, two to two, Lauren Gable, uh, w- with a goal. So, again, live updates that will not be live by the time you listen to this podcast. But uh, <laughs> So, the Pride and uh, in Minnesota in a, uh, in, in a fantastic game uh, over, um, over in Boston. The other uh, thing that I wanted to discuss, again, was because it has been a while since, uh, you know, since we've all gotten together, the trade deadline has come and gone. Uh, we're now uh, you know, less than a month away uh, from uh, the NHL of uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. And I want uh, to go around each of my line mates and, uh, and you know, have them uh, have them provide some teams that they think are, uh, are some sleepers. Obviously, listen, we, we understand that, uh, that, that the, the Bruins are an absolute wagon. You have the, uh, the, the avalanche that are defending champions and they started to play really well, but you know, what are some teams you think, uh, post trade deadline are in good position to make a run? Uh, so Mike, I want to start with you first. Uh, you know, what, what are the teams that you're really looking out for here, uh, in the, these final, uh, you know, 10 to 12 games of the, the regular season, uh, and, uh, heading into the playoffs that you think could make a run at the Stanley cup. I think a real fashionable pick right now is the Islanders. A lot of people are afraid to uh, – I mean, a lot of Boston fans who obviously are, are going a little crazy with being worried about the team despite the historic pace um, are afraid to play a team like the Islanders. Obviously, there's always the um, – <coughs> excuse me. 
the Tampa Bay Lightning have kind of oddly enough flown under the radar a bit this year. They're sitting at third in the Atlantic, but that's obviously a team between behind uh, Vasilevsky that can always get hot and just and just run it. Um, I'm going to let Mark laugh at me when I say Toronto improved a lot at the deadline. I mean, maybe they have a shot at at passing the first first round for the first time in um, you know 876 years. I think it is. I might be off by a year or two. Um, I was really excited about Minnesota. I'm hoping that Kaprizov can come back. I think I picked them to make a run last year and was underwhelmed, but um, I really would like to see Kaprizov or actually just really that, that central division, you know, you have Colorado in third and then ahead of them is Minnesota and Dallas. I mean, Ottinger last year was my, my favorite game that I watched was that, that game that he absolutely put on a clinic uh, and they ended up getting eliminated, but just, I love watching great goalie play. And if, if you can get behind the right hot goaltender, maybe a team like Dallas uh, could make a run. Yeah. I mean, listen, the West is still super wide open and we mentioned uh, Minnesota. I think they have 14 consecutive games where they've recorded at least one point. Um, so Minnesota currently stands just a point behind Dallas in that central division. Then you got Colorado, with, which has two games in hand. Uh, they have 82 points. So, uh, you know, Colorado could still conceivably win that division. They've been playing very well lately. Um, and uh, and it's it really is a crapshoot out West. Vegas still has the best record. Uh, Vegas has won four in a row. They've won seven of ten. Uh, they have 90 points. So, uh, you, know, you know, Vegas, L.A., Edmonton all hanging around in the Pacific. And then you have uh, you know, Seattle and Winnipeg as your two wild cards right now. But uh, it really is anyone's conference out there, even as well as Colorado is playing. I don't think you can say in any good conscience that they're going to run away with things because look how Minnesota's playing right now. And as of right now, they'd be facing off in the first round. That would be a very competitive series. So uh, the West is definitely going to be competitive. And and obviously in, in, Listen, Mike, I'm going to let you get away with it, but it's it's not allowed to say <laughs> nice things about uh, Toronto on this podcast. Like it, 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 complimenting the Maple Leafs is just it's it's a cardinal sin. Uh, you know, slapping the wrist, it's fine. Uh, but yeah, they, they have they did a lot at the trade deadline. I don't necessarily think some of the moves they made made them better this year. You know, moving Rasmus Sandin made really no sense. Um, uh, you, you get a first round pick back, which is great, but like you had a really good young defenseman there that you moved. I don't understand why. I think, and I had no proof of this. I think that they were trying to make a, a move for for Jacob Chikrin, uh, and it didn't end up working out. Uh, but yeah, Toronto certainly made a lot of moves. Uh, they got Ryan O'Reilly, then Ryan O'Reilly broke his finger, and uh, he's going to be out almost until the end of the season. He'll be back somewhat soon. Um, but you know, you know, Toronto and, and t- Tampa, that's going to be the matchup. It just depends uh, on which of them ends up having home ice because uh, neither are catching Boston. But, uh, you know, it'll certainly be a hell of a battle. But like I, I highlighted before, that Metropolitan Division, you know, you have Carolina with 66, uh, or, sorry, 96 points, 66 games. Uh, and New Jersey's just two points behind them. So Jersey could theoretically win that division. The Rangers are a little bit further out, but the Rangers are still going to be a, uh, you know, a team to deal with. And as you pointed out, Mike, the Islanders are hanging around as that last wildcard team. Uh, you know, they could be a, a tough out. They just a, a very pesky team. So we'll have to see what happens there. Hales, uh, you know, out of the kind of the teams that were highlighted here, you know, which of them do you think might uh, have a, a chance to, to make a run here again? The, the Stanley cup playoffs are the ultimate, just get into the tournament uh, type of uh, playoff format. So, you know, no matter how good of a season you have, once you get in, you know, you've got a shot. Yeah. I mean, well, it's definitely not the flyers, uh, it's definitely <laughs> not their year, but uh, definitely the Islanders. I agree with that. Um, just in general, I feel like they're going to play really hard over the next, you know, however many games to push into the playoffs. But I also I don't I don't think it was mentioned. I've been listening, I swear, but my brain is fried after a week of work. Uh, but Nashville, even the Predators, I feel like they might have a shot as well, just based on how well they've been playing lately. Um, but to be honest, this isn't like my area of expertise. I never really <laughs> make projections or you know base stuff off of like trades, so it's hard for me to say. Um, 
But the, out of the teams we mentioned, I think the Islanders have a good shot. And then I just also wanted to say the Predators because I feel like that I read something where there were some questions based on who they traded away, but then they had like a good hot streak going on and they're only a couple games away. So I think we should keep our eyes on them as well. Yeah, Nashville is uh, is a couple points out of that last wild card spot, but mainly because uh, Winnipeg has games in hand on them. So uh, they theoretically could take that spot from Winnipeg. And again, in that Western Conference, no one's really separating from the from the pack. So uh, I think it's a good call, Hales. I think that Winni- uh, that, that Nashville could certainly uh, make some noise, and and Winnipeg, as of right now, does not definitely does not have a firm grasp on that playoff spot. Um, and you know, neither does Seattle, to be perfectly honest. So you know, they're they're. Uh, I don't think Calgary uh, has, has a shot to get in uh, who, who's behind them, but you know Nashville could be the team that sneaks in there and again could, makes a run. So I, I agree completely. But yeah, I, I just I have to think in the East, Carolina is still a team that, uh, especially if you're thinking as a Bruins fan, which I am, Carolina is the team that gives me the most pause. Uh, they're a very difficult team to play against. Brindamore is a really good coach. They're very difficult to play against. Even with uh, the loss of Sheknikov, uh, I think that they could be, definitely be hanging around in there. Uh, Jersey, I think, I think Jersey is a good team. They certainly they they get Timo Meyer uh, around the deadline. Uh, they they they're an excellent team. I think they might be a a year away from really making a deep run, but we'll have to see. Uh, you know, it, they'll have a tough first round matchup against either uh, the island uh, or the island the rangers or possibly uh, pittsburgh uh, if they get that final wild card spot though the final wild card spot in the east is very much up for grads because you have pittsburgh and the islanders in those two spots but then you have florida that's only uh, a couple points out uh, and they've actually been playing pretty well lately they they've won 6 of their of their last 9 uh so it, florida was a kind of an afterthought and now they're kind of working their way back into the playoffs so We'll have to see what uh, what happens here in the East, but um, the easy answer is to say that Boston uh, is the favorite in the East, and they are. But there are definitely some teams that can definitely, uh, you know, give them uh, give them a lot to handle. And again, again, I think Carolina uh, is the uh, the most likely team there. And uh, you know, the winner of Toronto Tampa Bay uh, will certainly give them a series. I still think it's going to be Tampa Bay purely due to the fact that you put on that Maple Leaf jersey. And that's just in your DNA. Like you're going to choke in the first round. They'll probably go up three games to one again. All right. I'm saying that here on March 16th when we're recording. Toronto will go up three games to one on Tampa in that series. And they'll probably choke it away because that's just what they do. And before you say, oh, well, it's 3 1, like it's hard to lose three straight games. I mean, they just did it to Montreal like two years ago. Uh, like it, it's that's what they do in Toronto. Uh, it is the calendar turns to April. And, uh, and, you know, and the Leafs fall early. Instead of in fall, they fall in the spring. Uh, so uh, I just had to counteract Mike's praise of the Maple Leafs by saying it, it's just it's destiny. Uh, dread it, run from it, destiny still arrives, and the Leafs will lose in the first round. Ugh. So before we wrapped up things for this episode, I did want to go around to each of my line mates and see if they had any empty netters for us uh, to wrap up this show. Mike, I'll go right back over to you. Uh, do you have an empty netter for us to wrap things up? The only people who are worse than Jordan Binnington are referees who stop goalie fights. Mm-hmm. So I just want that out there. This is twice within the last 30 days that we've been deprived of a goalie fight by the referee stepping in front of it. Um, when will it end? Yeah. And so I, I love that you brought this up because there's a couple things at play here. Number one, Jordan Bennington has been suspended for two games. Uh, if anyone missed the video, basically it was a, a wild scoring affair. Uh, it was like five to four, uh, like midway through the second period. So the, the wild Ryan Hartman scores a goal and is celebrating and Jordan Bennington decides because he scored a goal, he's going to come and and throw a punch in the middle of their celebration. Uh, Jordan Bennington is a loser, okay? And yes, am I a little bit sour because the Bruins lost the Stanley Cup to him inexplicably? Sure. He's not a good goaltender. He got incredibly hot that postseason run. Mike brought it up earlier. You know, you get a hot goalie, you go on a run. Uh, no one can ever take that away from the 2019 uh, Blues. Uh, but Jordan Bennington is trash he's awful 
He's horrendous. And he's also a lunatic, more so than a normal goalie. Because you got to be a little bit nuts to play goalie. I know because my brother uh, was a goalie and he's he's nuts. Uh, but so you have to be a little crazy. Jordan Bennington's not only nuts, he's just a jerk. Uh, and so he was suspended uh, you know, for two games. But uh, after throwing a punch, Marc-Andre Fleury skates up to him. And Marc-Andre Fleury happened to be mic'd up. And uh, he was basically like, hey, this will be fun. And the referees broke it up. Let us have a goalie fight. I mean, it's just so adorable because they've got the big gear on. They look like uh, like uh, that episode of The Office where uh, where they're doing the, the the sumo wrestling in inflatable suits on the beach. Uh, like 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 they're not going to hurt each other. Uh, they'll 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 uh, they'll grab each other's jerseys. They'll just kind of dance around, uh, and then one of them will fall over, uh, like uh, goofy looking, and uh, and it's over. Give it to us. Don't break up goalie fights. I agree, Mike. And also, Jordan Bennington sucks. Hales, how about yourself? Do you have an empty netter for us as we wrap up this episode? I do. But before that, uh, Lauren couldn't be here. But Lauren wanted our listeners to know that Bennington is a baby back bitch. And so is Carson Breer. So I wanted to make sure that I got that in this episode for her. Um, And we all agree. So (laughs) that had to be said. But um, for those of you that follow me on social media and of course this group they know that i was excited to learn the ea sports finally put some more women's teams in fifa which is the soccer game so the league in the u.s nwsl debuted on it yesterday i'm going to purchase the game tonight so i'm not going to give it too much praise because i don't know how that women's play is and if it's actually any better than just the world cup tournament that they let us play with women before and it it was okay um so i'll give a good review of that next time but now that we have that on fifa at nhl it is your turn to add more women's teams to your ea game so let's get on that let's add the phf and all that uh, good step in the right direction but let's keep going agreed uh, and, and Haley has been campaigning for this for some time and, and uh, hopefully it's another step in the right direction so uh, i'm very excited to see uh, i, I want to hear your re- review of the game so we'll see how that uh, how that goes as for myself there was news this week that uh you know from gary bettman um uh, discussing that there could be uh, a few things at foot number one they're interested in potentially negotiating a higher salary cap uh for next year um with the nhlpa uh, because the escrow from the players from uh, from the COVID shutdown hasn't yet been uh, uh, been paid off. I hate this. Not the fact that the the cap might go up. That's really good. Raise the damn cap, okay? I don't care if the if the escrow is not paid out yet. This is ridiculous that they are basically refusing to pay the players more. Um, and, and, you know, the, the, this escrow is still, uh, you know, still, you know, still nearly completed, uh, but, but not yet. And so they're not going to allow the salary cap to go up as a result. That's ridiculous. All right. Raise the cap. You're still going to get the escrow paid off soon, but raise the, the damn cap. These owners are behaving like babies. I couldn't stand that. And then additionally, uh, there was talk that, uh, the coach's challenge might be expanded, this is also a horrendous idea. If anyone follows me on social media, they know I absolutely despise the coach's challenge. Having the, the, the Bruins last week had a goal uh, uh, wiped off the board that actually would have been big for them because they ended up losing by a goal um, uh, to Edmonton. They had a goal waved off because it was deemed that a player made an entry into the offensive zone that it was offside at least 32 seconds before the goal ended up being scored. Okay, and we're not talking about like uh, it, it, uh, someone was clearly offside. You got to whistle it. It's one of those again, human error from an official. Officials uh, are not always going to get if if you happen to be offside by you know a quarter of an inch. All right, and I'll, I'll contend that does not impact the play. If someone happened to beat you into the zone, beat the puck carrier into the zone by you know an inch or so, that does not affect the play. And then when you add in the fact that the puck was in the zone for a good 30 seconds and could have been cleared out, but wasn't you wave off a goal because of that utterly ridiculous. And at this point, that's what the coach's challenge is being used for. It's only being used mainly for offside challenges. If, uh, if someone happened to to sneak into the zone just before the puck carrier, 
I don't believe that's the spirit for why the coaches challenge was introduced. I think it's ridiculous. And the fact that we're expanding upon this it potentially is ridiculous. It should be abolished. Okay. Human error is a thing. I can't, I can't stand the fact, especially in baseball. Now uh, you had the challenge in baseball that was introduced because, Hey, maybe the, the umpires couldn't see if a ball wrapped around the foul pole, like, you know, for a home run, that's important to review. You shouldn't be reviewing, uh, did this guy, uh, you know, did his foot uh, come off the bag a split second too early? No, it's a bang-bang play, all right? Leave human error in sports, uh, especially with offside challenges. And again, I I will say this even if the Bruins benefit from this. I think it's dumb, all right? Uh, I think the coach's challenge is dumb. You should not be expanding upon it. Uh, you should be able to review, uh, you know, if a puck, uh, you know, goes, uh, is deflected out of play, uh, whether or not it should have been a delay of game or not, that should be uh, automatically reviewed. Shouldn't be a coach's challenge. If uh, you have a puck over the glass, you think that there's a chance that it may have, uh, you know, uh, gone uh, off, of a, off of a player as, as opposed to going out, uh, you know, off the glass, review that. All right. Review it organically. It'll take a couple seconds. I hate this. All right. So I'm going to get off my soapbox now, um, but I just cannot stand the fact that we have uh, the, the coach's challenge potentially being expanded. I can't stand it. Get rid of it. It's ridiculous. Rant over. Uh, so that is going to do it for this week's episode. Uh, before we wrap things up, I did want to go around to each of my line mates and have them share with our listeners where they can all be found online. Uh, so Mike, we will start with you first. Where can all of our listeners find you online? It's funny not having to follow Lauren and the all of the amazing things that she does. Um, you can find me on social media at Mike Roderick SD. Yeah, uh, Mike's always short and sweet. <laughs> give Mike a follow. Uh, I will, because Lauren's not here, I will uh, give um, you know, give all, all of our listeners, follow Lauren. Uh, it's at la 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 Lauren, three laws, Lauren with four R's. See, it's, it's burned into my memory. Uh, so everyone follow Lauren on social media. Uh, uh, get all the, uh, the amazing things that she's doing for Nesson. Uh, so make sure you give her a follow. Hales, how about yourself? Uh, where can all of our listeners find you online? You can find me at CSI Haley 91 on TikTok, CSI Haley on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow at For the Fans Media and subscribe to it so that you can get notifications when new shows drop, new articles are posted. My mom's new kitchen is fully remodeled now. So hopefully we'll get some more videos from her fully baked series and learn some new yummy recipes. I think I've decided for my review for the EA FIFA women's play, I'll probably write an article about it. So nice. you want to subscribe so that you can read that. So don't forget at for the fans and for the fans media.com. Love that. Love that. And uh, can't wait to see the new kitchen uh, in the, in the fully baked vlogs. As for myself, I can be found on Twitter at Mark Paselli 13. That is P I S E L L I. And I can be found ranting about anything uh, on there. Uh, right now, it's NFL free agency. Um, you know, it'll be something else tomorrow. Uh, I'm kind of a mixed bag on social, but uh, give me a follow on there as well. Uh, so that is going to do it for uh, this episode. Thank you all so much for listening. Please share Snipe and Sally with the hockey fans in your life. And until the next time we all get together, enjoy the action on the ice, everybody. 